MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is our number three of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network, and got a tremendous hour for you as. We've got a lot of the sports action on the Saturday starting to come to a close. So we're going to be taking a look at that. And then we're going to be turning it forward to Sunday, taking a look at everything that we're getting on the MOB betting board. Don't really have a lot in terms of the one preseason game that we're going to be seeing between the Minnesota Vikings and the Las Vegas Raiders. What I can tell you is that the overs have been very, very hot here in the preseason, including one that has went over. Here tonight, midway through the third quarter, the LA Rams currently in the lead by kind of 22 to 14 on the LA Chargers. This is a total that closed at 32 and a half. So unless we wind up having, for some reason, this game like getting stopped literally right now, you are going to wind up getting the total over. And the only reason why it, you wouldn't be able to get it is because there wouldn't be enough minutes played to be able to wind up cashing a full game ticket or something like that. But it is a case in which you've got the... Chargers and the Rams suking it out. And then you've got also a game that is starting to come to an end as well between the Dallas Cowboys and the Denver Broncos. 17-7 Broncos. They open up as a two-point favorite and close as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Right now, you've got the kneel downs happening. So Denver is going to be able to win and cover. Total that wound up opening up 33-and-a-half. Seed relatively consistent in a lot of spots. That is going to wind up going under as well. So just to polish those up and with regards to Major League Baseball, we right now have one game that is currently going down between the Minnesota Twins and the LA Angels. It is currently 3-1. to one. The Minnesota Twins are in the lead. This is going to be going into the bottom of the ninth inning as the Minnesota Twins have left 100 million billion people on base and the lone form of offense for the LA Angels. As per usual, Shea Otani, he winds up getting a solo run in the eighth inning, so we shall see if they are able to get to Ore Lopez be able to extend this game or if they just wind up doing what they've been doing all since the beginning of the month of June, and that is losing. So we are going to be keeping you guys up to date there, but let's take a look at some of the games that we're going to be getting on Sunday. Let's take a look at a battle of a pair of teams that have not had necessarily the world's greatest seasons out there in the NL Central. 957, 958 on the board. It is the Cincinnati Reds. In the words of Bill Belichick, we are on to Cincinnati, and they are going to be playing us to the Chicago Cubs as Keegan Thompson is going to be home for the Cubs and Justin Dunn 
going to look to get her done for the Reds. And Reds are underdogs. They were between plus 120 and plus 130. Meanwhile, today you'll look at the Cubs. You're going to be getting them between minus 137 and mi minus 145 with a total of nine. And for Keegan Thompson, it is important to take a look at the way that he's been performing on the road. He's got an ERA that is a little bit north of five on the road compared to more around a 2-5 at home. So it very nearly doubles whenever he is away from Chicago, but has been able to do a solid job all season long of not really giving up the deep ball. He's been giving up right around one home run per nine innings. Strikeouts per nine rate that hovers in the neighborhood about 7.8, 7.9, not getting a supreme amount of punch outs, but has been able to do a very solid job. One earned run or fewer allowed in three out of his last five starts. And the two outliers, they want to come against very good competition in the Mets and the St. Louis Cardinals. So he has really been able to come through when he's been going up against many of these lesser teams. Meanwhile, Justin Dunn, he made his first start of the season about a week ago against the Mets. I believe that was on Monday. And, and that start wound up allowing three runs over the course of four and two-thirds innings. But what is really concerning with Justin Dunn is that he is not someone that's going to give great length because he throughout his career has just always had an issue with the walks. He wound up having right around five walks per nine innings in his minor league rehab appearances earlier this season when he was with the Seattle Mariners for its back half of his career with them. He was giving up north of four walks per nine innings, and he's backed up by a Reds team that they're currently dead last in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA with an ERA north of a five guys like Revier Sam Martin, Buck Farmer, Luis Sessa. All these guys have north of a five ERA. It has been very grody to take a look at this bunch. And you do have a Cubs team that you do have a pair of guys that have been able to do a very solid job of be able to go deep. Patrick Wisdom, coupled with Wilson Contreras, they've been able to give you a combined 36 home runs with Contreras, he and Ian App, both giving you right around about a 355 on base. So these guys have been able to do a rock solid job of being able to move the line for the Cubs. And with the Cubs, they do wind up selling off a couple of bullpen pieces, but someone like an Anderson Espinosa as we have step up. So I do think that there's at the very least effort coming out from the Chicago Cubs. Certainly has not been as good the last two weeks or so as when they were just coming out of the all-star break and they were able to get that sweep of the Philadelphia Phillies, but they've still been able to give you good effort. The Reds are just breaking down at this point because they've got absolutely no pitching whatsoever. Been a rough state of affairs for them. They wind up trading away Brandon Jury, Taylor Naquin at the trade deadline. Now they're dealing with an injury to Jonathan India. You have been able to get a little bit of production out of Donovan Solano. He's been able to hit nearly a 300. Joey Votto, he's been banged up all season long. It's been a little bit better here in recent games, but certainly has been a rough state of affairs for him. It's been relatively a lost season for him. So that is something that is going to be a tad bit of an issue now with the Reds. They do have some of the biggest home and road splits in terms of generating runs in the big leagues. Now a lot of this wanted coming before the trade deadline when they did wind up having guys like Brandon Drury and company out there, but still. They've been able to do a nice job when they've been at home, generating right around five runs per contest. That is in the top five in the big leagues. Meanwhile, on the road, they've been averaging more around three and a half runs per game. So that's been a little bit of an issue. I do take a look at the Cubs, and I just think that they've got a little bit more depth. And I do like the way that Keegan Thompson is rolling. And Justin Dunn, until he winds up showing me anything otherwise, is someone that I cannot wind up sticking my money on unless if we wind up getting some mono numbers. And by mono numbers, I mean... I would have needed more around about a plus 175 to be able to take a shot on him. And this one, this is a spot in which I want absolutely no part of Justin Dunn. So this is going to be a situation where I'm going to be taking a look at the Chicago Cubs and mentioned it with Dunn and the bullpen. Not good pitching to say the least out of the Cincinnati Reds. And they have been able to generate a little bit over five runs per game at home. So here on the nine, going to be willing to take a look at the over and I'm going to be taking a look at being able to take the Chicago Cubs, I'm going to be looking a little bit more at the plus price on the run line, finding that a lot of places right around about a plus 115, plus 120, depending upon where you shop. So I do think that you've got some relatively solid value there. Unfortunately, we're not able to give you too much on the Braves versus the Miami Marlins game as of right now, but it is confirmed that Bryce Elder going to be getting the start for the Atlanta Braves. But Spencer Strider, the Braves on my handicap, are going to be north of a $2 favorite. Bryce Elder being the starter, that's about a 60 to 65 cent line move in and of itself. So still going to have the Braves as a favorite. And keep in mind, Miami Marlins, they have scored three runs or fewer in every single game this month. So it's not been going great there. And it's also not going great for the Pittsburgh Pirates. 963-964. They are on the road. They're facing off against the San Francisco Giants with Alex Wood taking them out. 
for the Giants. And Zach Thompson is going to be on the bump for Pittsburgh. Total of eight with the Giants. You're laying between minus 230 and minus 240. Between plus $2 and plus 210 going to be your price on Pittsburgh. And as we've been on the show, the Pirates and the Giants game from Saturday has wound up going final. And the Pirates wound up getting shut out by kind of two to zero. It's been a relatively rough state of affairs there now. I do think that they're going to be able to bounce back a little bit more in this circumstance. Alex Wood has been allowing opponents to hit north of a 260 off of them all season long. Now with Alex Wood, he doesn't necessarily have the worst peripheral numbers. He's been giving up right around one home run per nine innings, a little bit over two walks per nine. Problem has been he's just been finding a couple too many barrels, which has been a big giant issue for him. But you do take a look at this Pittsburgh Pirates lineup. It's been relatively rough. You do have Brian Reynolds, who's been able to generate 16 home runs. He's hitting about a 255. Whenever Michael Javis has been out there, he's been solid, but he's been missing in some of the most recent few games for this team as well. So that is something that you do want to be keeping a little bit of an eye on, especially when you wind up getting some of these funky bunch lineups that do wind up going out there for Sunday, as typically Sunday winds up being the most accustomed day off for many of these guys. And Kevin Newman, he's been able to move the line at the top of the fold. He has been able to hit about a 255, but you do wind up having a lot of guys like Gregory Allen. You're able to throw in there just pretty much the entire catcher spot. Josh Van Meter, Yoshi Satsugo, Madreas, list goes on and on of guys. They're hitting a 215 or lower. And for the San Francisco Giants, it's been really befuddling how they've been able to put up runs. As this is a team that they rank in the top 10 in terms of runs generated on a per-game basis, and they've been consistent home to road as well. It's been a Giants ballpark in general that has been playing a little bit more hitter friendly in recent seasons which I do think is interesting to take a look at as the Giants average 4.55 runs per game at home right around 4.55 runs per game on the road as well and this despite the fact that they don't necessarily have a lot of firepower in the lineup Wilmer Flores, Jock Peterson both of these guys between 16 and 17 home runs apiece nobody else really has more than 12 and for the Giants what I think is really a big bugaboo for them the bullpen as their ERA in the bullpen is in the bottom 10 in the big leagues. That has been a massive issue for this entire team as you have had John Brebbia, Camilo Duvall, Charlin Garcia do a relatively solid job. They're posting up sub three, five ERAs, but when you get into guys like Tyler Rogers and company, it's not been so great. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, they are in the bottom five in terms of bullpen ERA as well has been rough for them the entirety of the season. And for Zach Thompson, he was actually looking relatively solid. And the months of May and June had a really rough month of April. Looked like he was raining it in from there. And now he's been giving up the deep ball left and right as he's given up right around 1.6 home runs per nine innings. And it's been a really tough state of affairs for him in general. Posting up right around a 6.50 ERA in his last five starts. And what really has me concerned about that as well is that two of those starts wound up coming against the Miami Marlins. I laid it out about a few minutes ago, the fact that the Miami Marlins they have scored three runs or fewer in every single game this month, and yet he's still getting lit up by some of these lesser teams. Now he goes up against the San Francisco Giants team, in which they don't necessarily have that one main match or anything like that, but they do a very good job of being able to platoon guys like Mike Yastrzemski. They're able to go out there, give you some professional at-bats. I do think that Alex Wood is going to be able to hold it down, which is why, in terms of the run line, I was willing to make this more around a minus 125, and I am willing to take a look at the over in this situation as well, just because of the way that the Pittsburgh Pirates have just not been able to get a lot in terms of offense or defense. So looking over and looking at the Giants are coming up next, going to continue to take a look at the board for this MLB Sunday, taking a look at some American League games next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. 
With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving on every single game? Well, the betting splits page, it is updated every 10 minutes. That way you can see the changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money just doesn't match up with the public opinion. You're able to check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way that VSIN is here year-round to make you a smarter, better. Check out today's betting splits for every single game now at VSIN.com as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And it looks like we're going to be getting extra innings out there in Los Angeles. It's so funny how you wind up having it where you just are completely out on something and then it winds up happening. Everyone's been there where it's like, oh, this has no shot whatsoever. And you wind up getting there. We had two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning, and the game relied upon a gentleman by the name of Mangolia Sierra for the LA Angels. He winds up hitting a ball that I forget who's out there in the outfield for the Minnesota Twins dives for. He completely whiffs on it, and then from there you wind up getting two runs. Our good friend Sierra, he's powering home, trying to get home, gets thrown out, trying to get a game-winning inside-the-park home run, now we go to extra innings. If you've got the total of eight, this has now become a sweat both ways because you're guaranteed at least one run. And well, with the clown shoes rules that we now have in extra innings, this alive is very, very alive. So let's buckle up for safety there. That should be fun to take a look at. And hey, you know what? As long as we're talking about twins versus the LA Angels for tonight's game, let's take a look at what we're going to be getting tomorrow in this one because it is going to be very fascinating, and you're probably going to need to have these bullpens as rested as humanly possible for this one. As we've got 975, 976 on the betting board. Twins on the road against the Angels. This is for tomorrow. Stucker Davidson goes for the Angels, and Chris Archer is going to be on the bump for Minnesota. Minnesota is anywhere between a minus 130 to a minus 135 favorite. Meanwhile, between plus 115 and plus 125 is your price on the Halos, with nine being your total. And if we can get this up, just like another cent or two because the money has been coming in on the Minnesota Twins. This wound up opening up right around about a minus 120 to a minus 130 in a lot of spots. Now we're seeing it more around a minus 130 to a minus 135. If we can get more like a plus 126, plus 128, something of that nature, I'd be willing to invest in the LA Angels. I was about to say that I get what I deserve for depending upon the Angels be able to score some runs, but all of a sudden this has a little bit of life right now. But with Tucker Davidson, he wound up making his first start since getting moved at the trade deadline from the Atlanta Braves to Los Angeles. And, well, it wound up being a big giant flop for him out there in Seattle as he wound up giving up six runs over the course of four innings in that start. Meanwhile, on the other side, Chris Archer, not a guy that you necessarily want to be taking like an odds to be able to get a win prop on or something like that because... In order for a starting pitcher to wind up getting a win, they need to go at least five innings. He has won five innings or fewer in every one of his starts thus far this season. And the big thing for Chris Archer is he's giving up over four walks per nine innings. That has been really his main bugaboo. I mean, take a look at his last start that he wound up having when he was on the road against the Milwaukee Brewers. He wound up having six walks over the course of three innings. And that one, that is not something that is necessarily too acceptable in my opinion. Now, the Minnesota Twins, they do back him up with a relatively solid lineup. You've got Byron Buxton, who has been able to do some incredible work in terms of going yard. He's got 26 home runs thus far this season, but batting average has been a little bit of an issue for him. He's sitting right in the neighborhood about a 220, but pretty much everyone else in this Twins lineup, they're able to do a solid job of being able to move the line. As you've got Jose Miranda, Carlos Correa, Gio Urshel, Gilberto Cicino, throwing their Nick Gordon as well. 
only between about a 265 to a 280. And you've got Carlos Correa, who's been able to do a nice job being able to pound out the deep ball. He's been able to give the team right around 14 home runs. Or a Polanco, he's only right around a 240, but it's kind of closer to a 350 on base. Big thing for the Angels has been this team has not been very good at being able to generate runs. We got very, very lucky with our good friend Sierra being able to get a hit at just the right time as he's hitting at 217 overall for the season. But really outside of Shoei Otani, it's been rough. Now, if you're looking for one sign of brightness, David Fletcher, the leadoff hitter currently for the Angels, he has been both banged up and just quite frankly, not very good over the last season or so. He has gotten back up to the big league level and he's been hitting above a 300 ever since then. He's been able to do a nice job. Luis Renifo, he's able to hit 270 for the scene, but for Taylor Ward, Jared Walsh, over the last 45 days, both of these guys hanging below the Mendoza line of a 200. And these are really the only two guys outside of Shoei Otani who have been able to deliver a double digit amount of foamers for the LA Angels thus far this season, which is a big reason why I am a little bit lower on this total as well. I set my total at 8.7. I am not going to dare try to take another over in this Twins versus Angels series because good gosh almighty, it has been a relatively grody state of affairs for both of these teams. And when it comes to both of these bunches as well, they're going to look for as much length because right now we've got a game that has went to extras, but you did still wind up getting five solid out of Reed Detmers along Dylan Bundy and both of these spots. Now, Johan Dern wound up having to come out of the bullpen for the Minnesota Twins tonight. That is a little bit of an issue. He's been solved for them along with Ore Lopez, but they do have someone in Michael Fulmer that they acquired at the trade deadline. He's been solid. Caleb Theobar, one of their less than trustworthy guys, he wound up getting used up, so that's actually a little bit of an edge for them. Meanwhile, you do take a look at this Los Angeles Angels team, and Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera, both of these guys have been awful out of the bullpen, but Aaron Loop wanted getting used up in his 4.43 ERA, so that winds up helping them out. You're probably going to need to get a little bit of long relief, and if there's one thing that the Angels do have, it's long relief. They've been sort of maneuvering Tuki Toussaint and Aimee Barilla with being long relief guys and starters sort of piggybacking off of one another, so that's something that you do wind up having with this bunch of Mike Myers. He's probably going to be unavailable to pitch, but he's someone that could give you three or four innings as well if they want to throw him on short rest as well. So a little bit of an interesting spot. If we can get north of a plus 125, I do think that there's some upside with Tucker Davidson. Now with Davidson, the big thing is walks, A&F walks per nine innings. If he's able to rein it in a little bit more, he's able to get a little bit of soft contact. And with Chris Archer, you just can't rely upon him being able to land a good start as well because he just doesn't give a lot of length. And he winds up giving out a lot of walks, which could be exactly what the Angels need to be able to get a little bit of something moving forward because they're not doing a lot in terms of being able to put bat to ball. So it's a spot in which I'm looking at an under end. Anything above a plus 125 will be willing to take a plus price with regards to the LA Angels. Now, it has been confirmed that Michael Walker is indeed going to be the starter for the Boston Red Sox on Sunday. We currently don't have any numbers up on this game if we wind up getting a line that winds up getting set before the end of the show. Going to be able to pass it along, but Hard to give you too much analysis here. I'd be willing to lay up to about a minus 140 or so with the Yankees. We shall see what that opener winds up being. But this is a game that I know that Mark Zeno, who joined me in the last hour, he wound up touching upon this one a little bit as we've got the Cleveland Guardians on the road against the Toronto Blue Jays. This is 965-966 on the board with Shane Bieber fever going for the Cleveland Guardians and Kevin Gosman on the bump for Toronto. And Toronto's between a minus 135 to a minus 140 favorite between plus 120 and plus 127 is your price on the Guardians with a total of 7.5. And I'm going to be taking a look at an over with Kevin Gosman. He has been actually a little bit unlucky this season. His ERA is right around about a 292. But if you look at his fielding independent, it is a 199. His fielding independent is the best among qualifying starting American League pitchers. So he's been able to do a really good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard as he's giving up right around a half home run per nine innings. His strikeouts per nine rate, it is right in the neighborhood about a 10 as well. So he has been able to do a tremendous job in terms of the peripheral numbers. It's just been a case in which all the contact that he winds up giving up, it all winds up being in place. So that has been a big giant calamity. Meanwhile, for Shane Bieber, he was on a stretch in which he had given up three plus runs and five out of six starts. From, I would say, the beginning of June into mid-July, he's been able to shape up ever since then, giving up two runs or fewer in three out of his last four starts. Not necessarily looking like the Cy Young Award winner that we wound up seeing a few seasons ago, but has been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to give the team some nice innings recently. So you'd like to see him in good form. And for the Cleveland Guardians, you do have a really good bullpen in Emmanuel Class A with the closer spot being one of the best out there in the big leagues. I would put him as the second best 
closer right now behind Edwin Diaz. He has been amazing for this team. And then you've got Nick Sandlin, Trevor Steven, guys that are posting up a sub three ERA that are able to get him the ball. You take a look at the flip side for the Blue Jays and under the radar, this has been a really good bullpen as they did wind up having to use up quite a few arms. They were only able to get right around four and two thirds innings out of Mitch White on Saturday, but so many of these guys have been able to step up and do a really nice job. They are dealing with a little bit of an injury to Tim Mesa, but by and large, when it comes to the Toronto Blue Jays, you are able to have a little bit of faith in this bullpen, in my opinion. They did wind up picking up Anthony Bass at the trade deadline. He has been a very good find for this bunch, and then on top of that, you've been able to get some really good innings out of guys like an Adam Simber. Simber did wind up pitching yesterday, but only for the capacity of 12 pitches with the Blue Jays. Very solid lineup as well. We all know about Vlad Guerrero Jr., but Matt Chapman, who has not been able to find it too much recently, especially in his time with the Oakland A's, he's been hitting a 325 over the last 35 days. He's up to 23 home runs this season as well. So I do think that the Blue Jays have some relatively solid value against the Cleveland Guardians team that I'm going to go through their lineup in the flip side, but they're currently hitting for the second fewest home runs out there in the big leagues, but they do a good job of being able to move the line. And that is going to be a big reason why I do take a look at this total over. So we're going to be brushing upon that on the other side right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, because it is a Greg Peterson experience. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete for free for cash all season long. Enter into weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to dive in on the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 years or older terms, conditions, and other eligibility restrictions, they do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. As per usual, please do drink responsibly. Yes, we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Oops Peterson. And in the final segment, going to be mentioning my DK Nation pick if you want it, missing it a little bit earlier. And hey, ask and you shall receive. We now have a number for that Yankees versus Boston Red Sox game. So we're going to dive into that in a second. We got one game going on for Saturday that is live. Three to three in the 10th inning between the Minnesota Twins and the LA Angels. So we shall see what winds up happening here as it has been an adventure in this game thus far. So we shall see if the adventure winds up continuing a little bit further or not. So we've got a lot of fun that is going down there. Men on second and third. So if you like me are sweating on and over, we could really use Max Kepler to get a base hit. If you are on the under, you could really use Max Kepler to get a strike out here. So we shall see all right, so happening there, but just post it at Circa, literally within the net, within the last three or so minutes. We got a number on Yankees versus Red Sox for Sunday. So let's deliver it to you right now. Yankees with Jameis to tie on the, on the mound against Michael Walker. Open up a minus 126 favorite. Plus 115 is your price on Boston with a total of nine. Juice to the over at minus 115. And I do like this sign over. We've been seeing quite a few lower scoring games in this series between the Yankees and the Red Sox, but this is still a Yankees bunch that they've got a guy by the name of Aaron Judge who's got 100 RBI and 46 home runs thus far this season. You can never wind up underestimating what he's able to do in this series, but when you do take a look at the Red Sox bullpen, really hard to have a lot of faith in it thus far this season. It has been in the bottom 10 overall, but you take a look at what we've been able to get the last 30 days out of it. It has been dead last ever since the all-star break and that is just not necessarily providing a lot of value they want to trading away Jake Diekman at the trade deadline and on top of that Tanner Elk who has been one of their more reliable guys he is currently out of the fold I believe that he is out on the injured list due to some sort of an ailment so that winds hurting them quite a bit and then you're able to go down the line Darwin's Hernandez and I'm not even kidding when I say this he's got an ERA that's north of 20 North of 20, and he's been brought into some high-leverage situations. I remember last week against the Kansas City Royals. They put him into a tie game in the seventh inning, and you just knew what was going to happen from there. And then on top of that, you have to go up against guys like DJ LeMayu that do a good job of being able to move the line. He's been hitting for right around about a 380 on base. Gleyber Torres, he's hitting a 250, 15-plus home runs out of him. Been able to get some good at-bats out of Jose Trevino. 
He, Isaiah Kinnear Falafa, hitting about a 265 to a 270. They did take a little bit of a blow with the injury to Matt Carpenter. He was averaging a home run every about eight and a half at bats. It was absolutely insane. But for Boston, the big thing for them is just being able to make some soft contact. And that's a lot of what Jamison Tyone, who's going to be getting the start here for the Yankees, has been allowing as the Yankees are actually 17 and 5 in Tyone's starts. If you've bet $100 on every one of his starts, he is in the top five in terms of most profitable pitchers in the big leagues because they just find a way to be able to provide this man with a whole bunch of run support. So as a result, he's also been a very good over pitcher this far this season as well. But you do take a look at Tyone and he's been giving up quite a bit of general contact and he has been a little bit worse on the road rather than at home. He's got a 395 ERA overall, more around a 350 at home, closer to a 450 when he is on the road and opponents overall this season, they're hitting about a 245 off of him. The one thing he's been doing really well, he's not been allowing a lot of walks, 1.8 walks per nine innings, but he's also allowing 1.3 home runs per nine. This is a little bit more of a hitter-friendly ballpark, and Rafael Devers has been the main guy to deliver for Boston thus far this season. As for the Red Sox, he has been giving them 24 home runs. He's Andrew Bogars, both hitting a 300 now. The big key is continuing to have J.D. Martinez be able to improve because D.D. Martinez going into the series, it was not going well from hitting below a buck 50 over the last 50 or so days. He wound up having a three at game on Friday. We shall see if that winds up being able to turn him around a, a little bit, but some of the guys towards the bottom of the fold, like Bobby Dahlbeck, Kevin Poloiki and company, they've been albatrosses. You're able to take a look at Jackie Bradley Jr. He wound up getting DFA'd and ironically enough, the Toronto Blue Jays wound up picking him up off the scrap heap, but has been a case which the Yankees as well has been having a little bit of a tough time in terms of the bullpen. Clay Holmes, who is really the main closer for the team all season long, he's posted up north of a 5 ERA over the last three days, and it's been a big-time issue, and it's been really the root of a lot of causes of a lot of the issues that the Yankees have been having recently. They're just 8-14 and 14 in their last 22 games. That includes the win that we wound up seeing on Saturday, but even with Juan Peralta, Lucas Luki overall for the season, having a sub-3 ERA, and I have no idea why. They just haven't been giving more innings to Ron Mandanakio. As a matter of fact, they've already sent him down to the minor leagues a few times. He has been very solid for the team. He's not going to be available in this game. Instead, you've got guys like Jonathan Luizga who are in the bullpen for this team. That's a little bit of an issue, but they have been able to get a little bit more out of Aroldis Chapman as well. Chapman has not been good for much of the season. As a matter of fact, towards back half of last season, he wound up having some... Rough performances after the month of June, as after the month of June, he wound up having north of a 5 ERA for the entirety of the season. But this is a Yankees team that they were very, very dominant in terms of their bullpen towards the front half of the season over the last 30 days. has been a case of which it has become a little bit of a problem spot for them. But I do think that they're going to do a good job against the Boston Red Sox team that they don't have really too much firepower other than other than what you've got out of Rafael Devers. But you do take a look at Michael Walker. Has been relatively solid for the Boston Red Sox. But the one thing with him is that this is going to be his first start since late June. At the big league level, you wound up making a couple of minor league rehab appearances. If you take a look at what he wound up doing in his rehab appearance for Portland, that would be Portland, Maine, not Portland, Oregon. But he wound up getting hit on the foot on a little bit of a comebacker. He was still able to go through that process. He was still able to get through the game, but got to wonder if that's going to be hurting him just a little bit in this spot as well. When you wind up seeing guys wind up coming back off the injury list like this, typically they do wind up having a little bit more of a pitch count on them as well, and you wind up having to turn it over to Red Sox bullpen. That's honestly so terrific. So let's pull on the layup to a minus 142 with the Yankees. I'm going to be looking at the Yankees at the current number that we're seeing here at Circa, and I'd be willing to take a shot here on the over as well. And then we've got to brush up on the Cleveland Guardians and the Toronto Blue Jays game as well. As I was talking about this a little bit earlier. I wound up getting a little bit distracted by the fact that we now have a number up in Red Sox versus Yankees. But for Guardians versus Blue Jays, this is 965, 966 on the board. A big reason why I do like this total over is because with Gosman, Kevin Gosman, who's going to be getting the start for the Toronto Blue Jays, he hasn't been allowing a lot of home runs, only about a half home run for nine innings, but he's been allowing a lot of general contact. And if you do take a look at this Cleveland Guardians team, you've got a whole bunch of guys in Josh Naylor, Oscar Gonzalez, Stephen Kwan, Jose Ramirez, Amid Rosario, all these guys I named off, hitting at least a 273 for this team. The Guardians are in the top three in the league in terms of fewest strikeouts on a fewest strikeouts on a per at bat and a per game basis. So they've been able to do a very solid job of being able to hold down the fort 
with that respect. And I do think that they're going to be able to get to Gosman a little bit. And I do think that the fact that you wind up seeing the Minnesota Twins, or you did wind up seeing the Toronto Blue Jays, I should say, wind up having to use up quite a bit of their bullpen. That is going to wind up hurting them a little bit as well. But I do think that Gosman still going to be able to go up, give a relatively solid start. I'm going to be taking a look at the over, and I'm going to be taking a look at Toronto was willing to lay up to a minus 152. Reason why I wind up saying the Minnesota Twins are for a second. I looked up, and you wind up having Byron Buxton make a sliding catch. Game is 3-3, three to three, and now we're going to the 11th inning as neither team with a man starting on second base with no outs was able to generate a single run. Sweat continues. If you have over eight runs of this one, you still have life because the Minnesota Twins wind up getting a diving catch to be able to save that one. And, well, this is going to be a very interesting game, to say the least. As Jose Cuyata was able to provide a scoreless 10th for the Angels, but the Angels' bullpen is not good, to say the least. And now they're either going to need to trot out our good friend Cuyata for another inning, or they're going to have to go to, shall we say, a... Not so great relief options. So we shall see what winds up happening there, but we shall also see what winds up happening league-wide in Major League Baseball as well because it has been very interesting to take a look at some of these big favorites. I want to take a look at the Astros versus the Oakland A's game a little bit earlier along with Giants versus the Pittsburgh Pirates, but we have to go to the game that is good to be the earliest one on the board, and this is one of the more demonstrative lines that we're seeing, 951-952 San Diego Padres. They're on the road. They're facing off against Washington Nationals as Paulo Espino is going to be going for the Nets. And you've got Blake Snell on the bump for the Padres. Total on this game is nine. And the Padres are finding themselves between minus 245 and minus 255 favorites. If you're looking at the run line, which is where I am looking, finding it at a minus 155. And this is my absolute max for being able to lay the run line. I do not advise laying north of like minus 255 in this spot. You either want to be on the side of the Padres winning by multiple runs or you want to take the mono number with Washington Nationals. But much of the reason why I can't wind up relying upon the Washington Nationals is that Paul Espino, when he's been in a starter's role, giving up north of a 5 ERA with over 1.7 home runs per 9 innings. On the bullpen, he had been giving up right around a half home run per 9 innings with right around a 2 ERA. So big splits there. We're going to dive into this along with my DK Nation pick a little bit more on the other side right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. The college football betting guide is out right now, and the NFL guide is soon to come. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles for every single team, including team trends, power ratings, over and under recommendations, and so much more. Plus, you get best bets on season win totals, division finishes, player awards, and much more. The only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is by being a VEASAN All-Access subscriber. So sign up early and for a discount of $175, you'll receive the college and pro football betting guides 
along full access of VSIN all through the Super Bowl. Now that you're going to be getting a college basketball betting guide at some point as well. And for just $40 a month, you can see everything that VSIN has to offer to up your betting game. If you're looking to go a little bit more month to month, go to VSIN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become a part of the Sports Betting Network as we are back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Eves Peterson. Here in the final segment, just going to be taking a look at my DK Nation pick in a few minutes as to what we're going to be getting on the diamond for Sunday. And then on top of that, we've got a game that's going to be going down very early. They always have the early Peacock games on Sunday. We've got to take a look at this one as we're seeing the line move as I do this right now. As it is 9:51, 9:52, Padres against the Nationals. Padres are up in some spots as high as about a minus 265 now with the Nationals in between about a two plus 215 underdog. But now seeing where I sit at circa them up to a plus 234. And I would need at least a 240 to be able to get there on them. So I'm still on the side of laying the run line with the San Diego Padres willing to lay up to about a minus 155 there. But when it comes to this Nationals team, the big thing is they just don't have a lot of home run power. This is a bunch that traded away Juan Soto along Josh Bell at the deadline. And really, other than Luke Voigt, they've got nobody that has been able to deliver a double-digit amount of homers for the team all season long. Now, you've had Luis Garcia be able to move the line. He's sitting about a 280. Yadier Hernandez has been solid for the team. And Joy Manessis, he has been a great story for the team as well. As you got someone that wound up being a lifetime minor leaguer. He's a 30-year-old that has been able to slug out four home runs in his first nine games at the big league level. So... Nice little story there, but that said, certainly has been a case in which you have just not a lot of firepower with the Washington Nationals. And with the Nationals, they are a team that they just don't necessarily have a great bullpen as well. They wound up having to use up a lot of their trustworthy bullpen pieces in order to get the win that they did against the San Diego Padres yesterday. They wound up having to go in and get four innings out of quite a few of their more trustworthy guys like C.C. Shaq, Kyle Finnegan. Tower Edwards Jr. and company and all these guys wound up throwing at least 15 pitches. Meanwhile, for the Padres, if needed, they're able to get multiple innings out of someone like Nabel Krismet. You've got Josh Hader, who's now been acquired by this team. Now, I will say for Josh Hader, ever since the beginning of the month of July, certainly he's not been the same guy, but you do have a lot of power in this lineup for the Padres as Juan Soto, right around a 415 on base as he, Manny Machado, Lance Brandon Jury, all been able to deliver at least 20 home runs for this bunch. So they've been able to do a very solid job of being able to go deep for this team. And then you do have Machado who wound up struggling in the month of July, really start to pick it up here in August. He's still hitting right around 300. So I do think that the Padres find Blake Sell. They're going to be able to get things rolling now with Blake Sell. He has not been the same pitcher when he has been away from home as he has been at home ever since getting acquired by San Diego prior to the start of the 2021 season. As a matter of fact, his home and road splits in terms of the ERA more than a full point and a half worse on his ERA on the road rather than at home. But the Padres have been able to win now four out of his last five starts after they wound up going one and eight in his first nine starts. So they've been able to pick things up ever since really the all-star break in his starts. And for Sell, the big thing for him, command. He has been giving up over four walks per nine innings really over the last two seasons. He still has good swing and miss stuff. He's still able to give you 11 punch outs per nine innings, but has been able to do a much better job of just being able to keep the ball down, keep the ball in the yard, and then on top of that, just not give up the walks to be able to lend a little bit more length. I think that that is going to be critical, and I do like this total under a little bit more as well. Did wind up saying my total right around an 8.8, so here at a 9, I'm willing to dive under because you do have a Washington National team that I mentioned it. They don't really crank out the deep ball, and I do think part of it is just the timing as well. 9.05 a.m. Pacific, 12.05 p.m. Eastern time, First pitch after you wind up having a night game here on Saturday. You wind up having the bats be a little bit more sleepy, guys. That wound up playing in the field the night before. They're going to come out a little bit sluggish, in my opinion. So I do like the Padres up to a minus 155 on the run line. And I'm going to be taking a look at the 9 under. Now we wind up hitting my DK Nation pick as we go with the lone interleague game on the board for the Sunday, 979-980. It is the Kansas City Royals playing OC LA Dodgers with Tyler Anderson going for the Dodgers and Brady Singer. He is going to be on the bump for the Royals. Royals, pretty sizable underdogs against a Dodgers team that has literally won 30 out of their last 34 games. As you are finding the Dodgers between a plus or between a minus 140 to a minus 255 favorite. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Royals, you're going to be finding them as bad as plus two dollars, as good as plus 227. Where I said at circa with your total on this game nine and. 
What I'm going to be writing up for DK Nation is going to be the under. You've got a Dodgers team that has been doing a great job of being able to hold the teams down, allowing three runs or fewer in eight out of their last nine games. And as a matter of fact, I believe that they have allowed three runs or fewer and now 24 out of their last 30 games. They have been really doing a good job of being able to buckle down. They've got the top bullpen ERA in the National League and the man that they're going to be trotting out there for the start, Tyler Anderson. How good of a find has he been? He has allowed zero earned runs and now four out of his last five starts. So he has really been able to come into his own, giving up fewer than two walks per nine innings, right around 0.7 home runs per nine. Guy's been absolute nails. Not going to be a strikeout machine by any stretch of the imagination, but it's going up against a Royals team that credit where credit is due. Over the last two weeks, the offense has really been able to get online. MJ Melendez over the last 14 days, he's pounded out four home runs. Salvador Perez is coming off the injured list. He's been able to deliver some power as well, but certainly has been a little bit more of a lackluster Royals team just overall for the season as got a lot of guys that are just unable to move the line towards the bottom of the fold. You've been able to get a little bit of production out of someone like a Nicky Lopez, but you do take a look at this Royals team and what they've been able to generate for the season, right around 3.9 runs per game at home. That is the third lowest mark out there in the American League, and they are one of, I believe, just six teams in the entire big leagues, averaging fewer than four runs per contest. So that is a bit of an issue for them now with the Royals. The one role that I say you do have with this team is that the bullpen, in terms of the ERA, it is not good to say the least among American League teams. And as a matter of fact, our dead last in terms of bullpen ERA at a 473. But what you do have with Brady Singer is a guy that has been lending a lot of length recently. Went at least six innings in each out of his last six starts, and he's been doing it against really good teams. He was a part of that one to zero game of which the Royals wound up playing against the New York Yankees a few weeks ago over his last seven starts, has been providing a 2.45 ERA, has been able to do a nice job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, and on top of that, he's keeping the walks down as well, fewer than three walks per nine innings. First two years in the major leagues, wound up having about a 2.5 strikeout to walk ratio. This season, it's been more like a 4.55. This has been by far his best season and really his best run as well. As he's also getting 10 and a half strikeouts per nine innings over the course of these last seven starts. And you do have a Dodgers lineup that no doubt you've got your guys at the top that do a great job of being able to move the line. Trey Turner along with Freddie Freeman, both hitting above a 300. Will Smith, he's been able to crank out between right around 16 to 17 home runs as you've got in that full Trey Turner along with Freddie Freeman as well, all hitting between about 15 to 18 home runs and then Mookie Betts. Top of the fold. Ewan going deep for his 26th home run of the season on Saturday. He's been hitting right around at 270, but you've got a pair of teams that they are going to be presenting really good starting pitchers, in my opinion. I do think that the Royals going to have a tough time generating any sort of offense whatsoever on the LA Dodgers, but I do think that Brady Singer is going to be able to deliver a relatively good start as well. That's why I do think that you've got a little bit of value here with the Royals on the money line as well. This is a case in which when it comes to this game, you'd either want to, in my opinion, take a look at the Dodgers on the run line, or you'd want to take a look at the money line of the Kansas City Royals. Because with the Dodgers, they've got currently the best record out there in the big leagues. I laid it out the fact that they have won 30 out of their last 34 games. And as a matter of fact, they've won 12 straight. And in those 12 games, they've won every one of them by multiple runs. And looking at the entirety of the season, they've got 79 wins. 71 of them have come by multiple runs. So when they don't wind up being able to win the game outright, they wind up being able to provide you a, they either wind up losing or they wind up being able to provide a win of multiple runs. So you do want to be taking a look at that as I look up and this game is over for anyone that was sweating this out. The LA Angels, a walk-off home run off of Emilio Pagan because who else would wind up giving it up from the Minnesota Twins? Five to three is your final as We've got a walk-off winner out there in Los Angeles. So if he did wind up taking the Angels on the run line, and this was actually a relatively big plus price if he did wind up taking a look at it because the Angels, in a lot of places, they were actually the very, very slight underdog. So depending upon the, which way you wind up looking at it there, if you wind up if you wind up being able to get like an alternate run line, something like that, you were able to get a big plus price there. But Angels, they get it done by a count of five to three. And we always get it done here on VSIN, taking a look at everything for this upcoming football season, along with everything on the baseball card. So we've got you set here on the Sports Bank Network.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.